Hey, good morning, everybody. It's good to see y'all out there. Uh, thanks for those who are uh, hanging out with us at home, uh, also watching uh, on the live stream. Uh, we miss you. Uh, look forward to seeing you whenever you guys feel safe to be with us. Um, let, let me pray uh, before we just kind of jump in here. Um, James mentioned just the, the loss of a Sue this week, and none of us expected that. Uh, certainly her family didn't expect it. Um, and when uh, death is never easy, but when it's something that just comes completely out of the blue, um, there's shock that just kind of kicks in and uh, people are you know, working through all that. And we as a body, too, are just kind of uh, figuring out, like, man, like, is she really not here? Uh, because she just was just such an amazing person to have around. Uh, and so I, I want to um, pray for her family. I want to pray for our family, too. Um, as we uh, just kind of settle into the normal of not seeing her incredibly bright smile uh, all over this place on a Sunday morning or any time throughout the week when she would have been here. So um, this day belongs to the Lord, uh, but Sue was a servant of the Lord, and you just saw it in everything that she did. So let's uh, um, pray, and then we'll get started for the morning. Father, this is a beautiful day that you've made. Uh, you've created it, and we're going to rejoice in it in, in all things. Lord, thanks for the sun. Thanks for the wind. Uh, thanks for your body gathered together. We know that our church is not the building, um, but the church is the global connection of your people all around the world who bear your name and who share your faith, um, who share the name of Jesus and whose banner we fly under. And so as we are out here uh, today in the parking lot, we're your body gathered here. Uh, we're your church. Uh, we're a piece of your church, a local church gathered here while we've got brothers and sisters who are worshiping all over this place. And so we lift them up to you today. Uh, Father, I want to uh, lift up uh, the Johnsons to you this morning too. Um, just dealing with the loss of, of Sue. That just hits heavy, it hits hard, it hits fast. Um, and there's a lot going on. And so I pray that you would be their comfort uh, right now um, as they work through everything. And they would just be able to look at Sue's life as a life that was well-lived for the kingdom, a well-lived life for her Savior, and a well-lived life that has made impact and ripple effects into every person um, that she encountered. And so uh, we're thankful for her. And we pray for our family here too, Lord, uh, uh, as we uh, figure out life um, moving forward without seeing her face here. Um, thankful for the time that we had uh, with her. And, um, yeah. Yeah. We're going to miss her, Lord. Uh, so take this morning. Uh, use it for your glory. I'm available to be used by you. And it's in your son Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You ever heard the phrase, uh, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me? Um, it, it's probably one of the um, understatements or overstatements, however you want to look at it. Uh, one of the biggest lies, maybe even, that we ever believed growing up. Maybe one of the biggest lies that we are still believing right now when somebody actually hurts us. Because no matter how hard we try, no matter how hard we try to minimize it, words always end up hurting us, don't they? Like, like we try, like, daggone it, those words hurt. Uh, for a while, they sting, they don't go away, they leave an impression, they settle in, and then when we start to think about them and they start to rattle around in our brain for a while, or when people grab those words that we've heard that have been spoken to us and they start slinging them our direction too, they start coming from all over the place, and when you, those start to add up together, they start to hurt, don't they? Words hurt us. But I don't think we're always honest with ourselves when we've been hurt, are we? 
I don't think we're always honest because sometimes like we say things like, well, you know, it's not really that big of a deal. It, it didn't really hurt all that bad. I don't think that person actually meant what they said. I know them and I know they said it all in love as if something that was hurtful coming from somebody's mouth could have actually been received in, in a loving way. And, and so we try to give the benefit of the doubt for people, but I think sometimes we just minimize the fact and the reality that we've actually been hurt. But the truth is, words do hurt, don't they? Words do leave an impact. I want you to maybe like even think about it like this. Um, it's like we, we have this bucket that we carry around with us, right? And in, in our bucket, when somebody says something negative or something uh, that is hurtful for us, it's like uh, every word is a rock. And, uh, you know, we throw a rock in there, like, ouch, that hurt, but I can deal with it. And, you know, somebody says another thing, hey, I didn't really like your haircut. Okay, ouch, that hurts a little bit. Um, oh, hey, your, your kids are kind of out of control. Um, ouch, that hurts a little bit. Or somebody says something a little bit about your character or maybe a little bit about your work performance. You're like, ow, that hurts. And, uh, you know, a few rocks doesn't really hurt all that bad. Like, we, we can carry around a few rocks every once in a while. But it's when uh, the words don't stop. It's when uh, the rocks keep coming. It's when the words keep coming. And it's like, you know, she doesn't like my boyfriend. She doesn't like the way that I drive. He doesn't like my friends. And then before too long, this bucket that we've been managing for a while begins to get too heavy. And, and we, sometimes we see it coming and sometimes we don't see it coming. But, you know, again, some things we can carry. But then after a while, it starts to get too heavy. And what we end up doing is we try to maneuver it around a little bit. Like, it's obviously not that full right now. But as the bucket gets full, we, we come up with all these wonky maneuvers. Like, we carry it on our side, you know, like, oh, I got this. I got this. We, we're going to be okay. Or we throw it around our shoulder. We say, okay, I got this. I, I can carry it. I can do this. I can do this. And, and, and like, we're, we're tweaking some things while we're doing it. Or, or we just kind of lean way over to the side. And, you know, that unnatural, like, I'm going to get, I got four more steps. And then, then we're going to be, be okay. And we start carrying this load that we were never intended to carry. And before too long, all this wonky stuff that we've been trying to do begins taking its toll uh, on us. And we start to feel it in deeper ways than we thought that we, that we never could imagine. And, and to be honest, it, it's one thing to feel the hurt from people that we don't know. People that don't know us very well, people that don't know our character, people that don't know our heart. It's a whole different ballgame. It's a completely different story when those words and those hurts are coming from people that we know and people that we love. People that we've shared life with. People that, that we've loved and people that we thought actually loved us in return. People that say hurtful things. It's a whole lot different when someone we love is the one who's doing the hurting, isn't it? Because it's like we feel that so much deeper. It's not on the superficial level. It actually goes down and it feels like it goes to the core of who we are. The, the bucket in that sense begins to instantly get heavier than, it, than we could have ever imagined. And, and so the question is, what do we do when our bucket begins to get too unbearable for us? What, what do we do when, when we've got all these maneuvers going on and we're starting and we're trying to carry it and we're trying to carry this thing that we were never intended to bury the weight of all in and of ourselves? How do we handle that? I want you to think about it, actually. How, how have you handled the hurts in your bucket up to this point right now in your life? 
I mean, some of us have these uh, little amounts of hurt in our buckets. It's like it's barely scraped in the bottom. Some of us have hurts that are just like flowing over the top. But how have you managed those hurts? What are you doing with it? How are you, how are you dealing with it? To be honest, one of the things I, I do is like I just get defensive, man. Like, like when, when people say something to me or when I start to hear things through the grapevine, like my natural defense, like I don't mean to do it. It just kind of happens. I just get defensive and, and I try to deflect. And because I start to feel hurt, my bucket starts to feel heavy and I don't want to carry around this heavy bucket. And so I try to pour it out on other people like this is why I'm right and this is why you're wrong. This is like, oh, I hear what you're saying about me, but what about you? What about this thing? What about this thing that you did? What about this thing that you do? Like, I, I try to deflect because I don't want to care. And again, it's not something that we do intentionally. It's just something like, it just kind of happens sometimes. And it's probably not the best way for me to deal with it. Like, I get that. But that's just, in, in, in a natural sense sometimes, I just try to pour it out on other people. What I want us to do this morning is I want us to look at Psalm 55 together. If you have your Bible, you have your device, I want you to go ahead and flip on over there or scroll on over there. Um, I think that we all have buckets that we're carrying, and to, to whatever degree, we've got more rocks in our bucket or less rocks in our bucket, but I think we all have buckets that we're carrying. We all have hurts that maybe we've tried to deal with or hurts that maybe we're not dealing with that, that, are, that are down low and they're kind of affecting us and making us do some wonky things from, from uh, every once in a while. And I think in Psalm 55, David gives us this, uh, this wonderful way of handling the hurts. Where he just has this raw emotion, and, and he pours it out. And, and, and three things that I want you to listen to as we spend time in Psalm 55 this morning are this. You're going to hear David say in, in, in some terms, I've been hurt, and I need help. I've been hurt, and this bucket is getting heavy. And I've been hurt, and I'm handing it over to you. So let's read Psalm 55 together. Give ear to my prayer, O God, and hide not yourself from my plea for mercy. Attend to me and answer me. I'm restless in my complaint and I moan because of the noise of the enemy, because of the oppression of the wicked, for they drop trouble upon me. And in anger, they bear a grudge against me. My heart's in anguish within me. The terrors of death have fallen upon me. Fear and trembling become upon me and horror overwhelms me. And I say, oh, that I had wings like a dove. I would fly away and be at rest. Yes, I would wander far away. I would lodge in the wilderness. I would hurry to find shelter from the raging wind and tempest. Destroy, O oh Lord. Divide their tongues, for I see violence and strife in the city. Day and night they go around it and on its walls. And iniquity and trouble are within it. Ruin, it, ruin is in its midst. Oppression and fraud don't depart from its marketplace. For it's not an enemy who taunts me. Then I can bear it. It's not an adversary who deals insolently with me. Then I can hide from him. But it's you, a man, my equal, my companion, my familiar friend, who used to take sweet counsel together within God's house, or we used to take sweet counsel together within God's house. We walked in the throng. Let death still over them. Let them go down to Sheol alive for evils in their dwelling place and in their heart. But I call to God and the Lord will save me. Evening and morning and at noon I utter my complaint and moan and he hears my voice. He redeems my soul and safety from the battle that I wage. For many are arrayed against me. God will give ear and humble them. He who is enthroned from of old. Because they do not change and do not fear God. My companion stretched out his hand against his friends. He violated his covenant. His speech was smooth as butter. Yet war was in his heart. 
His words were softer than oil, yet they were drawn swords. Cast your burden on the Lord, and He will sustain you. He will never permit the righteous to be moved. But you, O God, will cast them down into the pit of destruction. Men of blood and treachery shall not live out half their days, but I will trust in you. Now remember, we've talked about Psalms are expressions of the heart, right? The overflow of what's going on in the heart. And David right here, he is literally, literally crying out. He says, God, I need your help. Did, did you hear? One of the first things that he says is, God, I've been hurt and I need your help. He says, listen to my prayer. Hear my plea for help. Hear my plea for, uh, for help and mercy. Now, we don't know exactly what happened with David right now, right? We don't know the exact scenario. We don't know the friends that he's talking about. Um, but we know that our boy here, like he's hurt. Like he's in a world of hurt here. And this hurt didn't come by way of the sword in battle. It's not something that was broken on his arm or on his leg that could be fixed. It's not a physical thing. This is an emotional thing that has gone down into the core. It feels like of who he is. It's, a, it's not the physical torment of war. This is unbearable pain. And it's come from the mouth of a person that he loved. It come from the mouth of a person that he considers a close friend to him. You know, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. For David, right now, this is nonsense, right? Because it's the words that we feel the deepest. It's words that have caused unbearable pain. It's words that cause not just unbearable pain for David, but it's words sometimes that cause just unbearable and just deep down issues for us in our own life as well. David's bucket here is filled to the brim. And for him, he just can't take it anymore. He's tried to carry it around all wonky like, but he can't take it anymore. Look at verse 3. He says, this is why I'm all messed up right now. Because of the noise of the enemy. In other words, what he's saying is because of the words of the enemy. It's the things that I hear coming from their mouth. You're going to see the word words pop up over and over and over again throughout Psalm 55. It's these words that are like rocks in the bucket, right? That just keep getting heavier and heavier as they're hurled out. And it's this, these rocks that cause this unbearable hurt to happen. David has said, I've been hurt. And I've been hurt by words. And I've been hurt by words that have come from a close friend. And God, I need help. Anything in your bucket right now causing you to cry out to God like this? Say, God, like, I've been hurt. I've been hurt and I need your help. What I want you to do is I actually want you to, in your mind, I want you to take a look into your, like, your, your bucket right now. Like, what's, what's in there? What, what's in your bucket of hurt right now? Is it causing you to... Um, to, to like try harder? Is it causing you to try to cover it up? Is it causing you to put it up on your hip or to throw it over your back and say, I got this. Like everything is fine. Like I can carry this. I can do it all on my own. Or is it causing you like David right here to cry out to God and say, God, I need your help. I can't carry this anymore. But David doesn't stop here. He doesn't just say, God, I need your help. He said, this bucket's getting heavy. I need your help. And this bucket's getting heavy. I've been acting like everything's okay. I've been acting like everything's fine. I've been carrying around. It's been a little wonky, but I've been trying to make it work. But this is hard. He acknowledges, like, the thing that he's going through hurts. Like, he's honest with that. Like, I think so many times, like, we've been hurt. We're like, ah, it's not really that big a deal. But David says, no, this is a big deal. And it's cut me deeply. This is hard. I can't do it anymore. I, I don't know about you guys, but actually, I, I like to listen to people pray. I like to hear what people have to say because I think sometimes it gives you a window into their passions. 
makes it gives you a, a window into the things that are going on in their heart. And, and if they've been hurt, sometimes they just naturally come out. I like to hear people pray. But the thing is, we don't always get a window. We don't always get to hear what's actually going on in people's hearts. Right? We don't always get that clear window. But in verses 4 through 15, uh, I, I think we get to kind of sneak into David's room here. I think we get to kind of walk in and he doesn't know we're there. And we can be like a fly on the wall. We get to hear his prayer. And what we hear, man, like he reveals everything. We get to hear everything there. Sometimes I feel like we just kind of have to walk around like nothing's bothering us as, as brothers and sisters in Christ. We think that being a Christian, we think that being a follower of Jesus means that we are a nonstop full of, of, a, of a happy face and like nothing actually bothers us. That we feel like we've got to act like everything is fine when things aren't actually fine, when things clearly aren't okay in our life, and we put on this face and say, ah, everything's okay. And, and, I, and I feel like, like we feel the pressure to do that. I don't know why we do that. But, but the truth is, like believers get bothered. Believers get bothered by things that happen to them. Believers get bothered by things that happen around them. People who follow Jesus get bothered by things. And when we're bothered, the difference is we don't have to bottle it up. Like when we've been hurt and we've been bothered by something, we have the opportunity to actually pour it out. And, and, and sometimes that comes out nice. It comes out nice and neat and clean and proper. Sometimes it comes out in a prayer voice. And sometimes when it comes out, man, we're just trying not to lose our cool against somebody else or trying not to lose our cool against God. And we just throw it all out there, not holding anything back. And I think the beauty of Psalm 55 and particularly verses 4 through 15 is David saying, man, I don't feel the need to pretty this up. I don't feel the need to conceal what's going on in my heart right now. Like, he doesn't try to make it clean. He doesn't try to put himself in a prayer voice. He doesn't, like, like he just jumps straight in. He says, in verse 4, my heart is in anguish within me. The terrors of death have fallen upon me. Fear and trembling come upon me, and horror overwhelms me. And then verse 6, he's like, man, really, if I could... I would just get on a plane and I would be gone. I, I, like, I would ghost this town. I would never come back here ever again. If I had wings like a bird, bro, like I would be flying high. And I would torch this town. I, I would go where I feel like I, there's, there's safety and there's peace. And it's not where I'm at right now. I would go where people don't know me. I would go where people who haven't heard the things that are being said about me. I would go where the rocks stop being slung in my direction. Where no one knows what was said. No one knows me. And then in that place, I'd be able to have peace again. I'd walk down the hallway. I'd walk around the cubicles at work. And, and, and I wouldn't try to think, is the smile on their face, is it real? Are they just putting that on? I would walk around the people that I think are my friends, and I wouldn't have to wonder, is this legit or not? Have they heard, and are they changing their opinion about me? Wondering where people stand is exhausting, isn't it? Wondering what people think about you or feel about you or if they've heard about you, it's so exhausting. And David is in a place right here where there is no peace left in his life because he doesn't know who's heard what about him. And he doesn't know who's heard what and if they believe what they've heard. And so everybody that he encounters, whether it's this friend who's upset him or if it's people who have heard from him, like he has no idea who knows what's out there. And so everyone for him feels like an enemy. Ever been in a place like that? Where everywhere you look, just everybody feels like an enemy because of all the hurt that's happened in your life. I think that just cut out. and Maybe you didn't hear it. Ever been in a place where it just feels like everybody around you 
is an enemy. And the hurt in your life just makes you look around and you don't know who you can trust. And so there is no peace, only anxiety that sits down in you. David says, I've been hurt and this bucket is heavy. And in verse 9, he, he actually says, man, like, you, hey, God, remember that thing that you did back in Genesis? Remember that thing where you just scrambled everybody's language? You guys remember the Tower of Babel where, uh, like, they're, like, people are just being ridiculous? And, uh, like, they're trying to build a city for themselves. And, and God's like, man, we need to scramble up the language a little bit. We need to confuse their talking. And, and, and so what he does is he actually changes everybody's language. And everybody's kind of babbling and nobody knows what anybody is saying. David's like, hey. God, could you do that again? Could you just confuse everybody's language? Because then I would know that nobody's talking about me because nobody could understand what the other person is saying. And so if she can't understand him, then he can't, she can't tell him about what happened or she can't spread the rumor about me. It's like, hey, can you do that again? Just make everybody be speaking gibberish. Just, just make them speak gibberish. And then the rumors get to die about me. He doesn't do that. Verse 12, this is where the real issue comes in. This is where you really start to feel David's hurt. For it's not an enemy who taunts me, then I can bear it. It's not an adversary who deals insolent with me, then I can hide from him. But it's you, a man, my equal, my companion, my familiar friend. We used to take sweet counsel together within God's house. We walked in the throne. And I think this is where we as people in the 21st century, we would read God's word, we say, ah, I get that. I can identify with what you're going through right there, David. I, I, I can feel you. And this, because it's one thing for people who don't know you to talk trash about you. It's a completely different thing when it comes from somebody that you love, somebody that you considered a friend, when, when somebody that you've maybe shared movie nights with, somebody you've shared your deep secrets, maybe vacation time together, where you, people you've worked on projects with and, 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 and you made pitches in the boardroom or the conference room together, maybe even people that are in your own family. Those words hit a whole lot deeper, don't they? And that bucket gets a whole lot heavier when it's coming from people that are close to you. David says, man, we used to worship together. We went to the house of God together. We prayed together. We sang together. We, you knew my struggles. We were boys. And you took what you knew about me and you used it against me. Whether it was true or not, you used it against me. You stabbed me in the back. There's no hurt like the hurt that comes to there's no hurt like the hurt that comes from somebody who's close to you. And David says, I've been hurt. This bucket is heavy. It's hard to carry. And I just can't do it anymore. I'm guessing if I were to ask the question out here of all of us, is if you've ever felt betrayed by a friend, somebody who's close to you, you've ever been hurt this deeply, I think every one of us would be able to raise our hands and say, yeah, I have. I felt it maybe on this level. Maybe it was supposed to register on this level, or I just felt it way over the top. But I've been hurt by somebody close to me. And when we've been hurt, the natural thing for us to do is just to retaliate, right? Is to empty our bucket and get the hurt away from us and to pour it out on, on somebody else. Like, we don't mean to. We don't want to do that necessarily. Maybe sometimes we do. But, like, we just naturally begin to retaliate and to pour that back out. And, and, and so the, the hurt stops, on, stops away from us and goes towards somebody else. And we often try to stop that hurt by just emptying our bucket. And there's no limit to the things that we can do to try to respond when we've been hurt. Like there's a thousand different things that we can do. And there are probably some ways in which we've tried to respond. And there are probably some ways that are better than others. Uh, for those who are trying to uh, allow Christ to live through them, ways that we could respond that might be a little bit better than ways that we responded in the past or ways that we naturally would respond. 
And retaliating, I don't think, is one of the ways that helps move us closer to Christ. Retaliating isn't one of the ways, I think, that helps us to love people the way that Christ has loved others. And, and so what happens next after the moment we've been hurt, what happens next when our bucket is full and we're ready to pour, pour it out, I think actually impacts the experience that we're going to have in our relationship with Christ and our relationship with other people. And I think it's going to, it's going to, call, it's going to lead to like if we actually have relief from our hurt. Or if we have this momentary, temporary expression of outbreak or uh, of outlashing, and we feel like it helps the hurt, but then at the end of the day, it didn't really help at all. So I think what happens next after we've been hurt really matters. Look at verse 15. Listen to how David initially responds. He says, I, like, let death steal over them. Let them go down to Sheol alive, for evil is in their dwelling place and in their heart. Do you know what he just prays here? <laughs> He prays that they would be buried alive. Some of y'all might have prayed that this morning for somebody. That's, that's why I, I love the honesty of David's prayer here. The, the, he's so hurt that he's praying that like, this person would be buried alive and people who have been impacted by what this person has said, he prays that they would be buried alive. That's how hurt he is. He's ready to retaliate and to pour out everything, his whole bucket on this so-called friend. But retaliation at the end of the day is really not going to solve anything. And so notice how David, after verse 15, he catches himself and he flips it. I've been hurt. I need help. This is heavy. This bucket is heavy. And his natural tendency here is to pour that bucket out on somebody else, to take matters into his own hands. He's already said, man, if I could, I would just fly away. If I could, I would scramble the language of everybody around here so I know what they were saying. He says, if I could, I would like to see them buried alive. That's how I would naturally respond. That's how I would naturally retaliate. But there's a different way to do it, I think. He says, I need help. This bucket's heavy. But instead of taking matters into my own hands, instead of pouring out in retaliation on anybody and wherever and however I want to, I'm just going to hand it over to you, God. I'm just going to hand it over. And some of you are like, wait, wait, hold on. That, that's not how you handle things. That's not how you stand up and, and fight. That's not how we do this, right? Eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. Someone strikes you, you strike harder. I mean, that's the game, right? That's the culture. We don't just lay down and let people walk over us. And so we, we fight back. Hurt people have the tendency to try to hurt other people as well. But I don't think that's how God intended it. For those who are in Christ, we are loved beyond imagine. And so loved people don't respond and hurt when we've been hurt. It's almost like as... As David's sitting here and as he's praying, he has this moment of where he gets a glimpse into the throne room of heaven. And he's reminded in this moment of who God is, that he's a righteous king who sits on his throne, that he's full of justice, that he's full of mercy, that he's full of righteousness, and that he's able to handle everything that David has just been lashing out against with grace and mercy. And he's able to take everything that, that David has taught and on his behalf, he can, he can exact justice. He can show his righteousness. It's like David has this glimpse that, David, that, that God is enthroned and he's capable of dealing with his whole bucket. And he's capable of bringing peace. The peace that David's after, the rest that he's after for his heart, the rest that he's after for his soul. He doesn't want to feel hurt. He doesn't want to carry this stuff. He wants to be rid of it. He wants to have peace. And he sees this image of a God who can actually deal with it. And so he says here, it's yours. It's yours. You, you, you take the bucket. I'm not carrying it anymore. I'm handing it over to you. And as I hand my bucket of hurt over to you, 
I'm handing over my right to retaliate. I'm handing over my right to lash back in response. I'm giving it to you, a just and a righteous God, who can handle everything that I just poured out, all of my hurts. Look at verse 16. It says, but I called to God, and the Lord will save me. And then in verse 22, a little bit later, he says, cast your burden on the Lord. He calls all of us, cast your burden on the Lord, and he'll sustain you. What he's saying is God's going to do the redeeming. He'll do the saving. He'll do the justice stuff. He'll bring down the proud. He'll, he'll stop the mouth of the one who's speaking lies eventually. He'll handle it perfectly. David gives up his right to pour out his hurt and to retaliate on anybody else. He handed it over. He says, I can't carry this anymore, God. You've got to do it. So I want to ask you, are, are you holding on? Like, I'm guessing we've all been hurt. But are you holding on to the right to retaliate because you've been hurt? Or when you cry out and you say, God, I've been hurt. This is heavy. I'm going to hand it over to you. Or you say, God, I've been hurt. This is heavy. And I'm pouring out thunder on them as best as I can. Like, what are you doing with the hurt? Because how you handle that hurt and what happens next just depends on if you're actually going to have relief from, from the hurt. If you're actually going to be comforted in a way that you can't provide for yourselves. Now, as most of us probably know that are here right now, there was a man named Jesus who came and who wrapped himself in flesh and he stepped into this world a long, long time ago. He walked around telling everybody the good news, right? That the good news that he had come to save the world, that the kingdom was here and he was doing a magnificent work. And this wasn't just a joke, right? He actually, that was his mission. He was coming to save the world. He was coming to bring peace. He was coming to bring healing. He was coming to save hurt people. He wasn't making it and so while he was walking around, he put together 12 people. And those 12 people got real close with him. I think you could call those 12 disciples, I think you could call those his besties, right? They knew everything about Jesus. Everything. Everything there was to know that he would reveal about himself, these 12 men know. They, they, they knew. But there was a man named Judas, who was one of the besties. Who was one who knew everything about him. He took the information about Jesus, and he sold him out. He took the trust and he sold him out. He betrayed him. He handed him over to the authorities. He stabbed Jesus in the back, right? That's, that's what he did. He took the knowledge. He said hurtful words about him and it actually ends in his death. And I think if Jesus were carrying a bucket, you can say that his bucket got real heavy real quick and it came from the mouth and the hurts of somebody who was close to him. And in that moment, Jesus had a choice. I can take my bucket and all my hurts and I can pour that out on Judas I can take my bucket and I take my hurts and I can pour that out on those who are going to be standing around the cross yelling, crucify him. I, 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 can, take, I can take the right to retaliate. He had every right to do that, right? Or I can love the one who's hurt me. I can love the one who's filled my bucket with rocks and I can pour it out on the cross. Guess what Jesus chose? Yeah. He chose to forgive chose to not retaliate and that's hard that's hard for us to even wrap our minds around right because like when things are wonky for us we're starting to carry this thing around like the natural tendency for us is to want to retaliate but jesus says no that's not how we do that in this kingdom that's not how we love that's not how we operate the world may operate that way but that's not how my kingdom's going to operate and so jesus pours it out on the cross 
And I think we see in David, and I think we see in Jesus that we have the, the ability, and we have the right, and we can just hand that bucket over to him. And this is where followers of Jesus respond a little bit differently than we used to, right? We forgive people when we would rather fight. We love people when the logical thing for us to do in our culture would be to lash out and, and, to, and to hate. We, we, like, we love when it's illogical. We love when it doesn't make any sense. Like Christ in us changes the way that we respond when we've been hurt. Christ in us changes the way that we respond. Like hurt people tend to hurt other people, but it doesn't have to be that way when we begin to flip the, the script here. Deeply loved people who have been changed by Christ begin to respond differently when we've been hurt. And instead of pouring out wrath, we begin to, to, to hand it over to the Lord. We give our bucket to Him and let Him deal with it. And so I, I want to ask you, like, where's your bucket level this morning, right? Like, like where is it? is it? Is it on low? Is it on high? Is it overflowing? Are you, are you trying to carry it around all wonky-like? Are, are, you, are you trying, instead of loving, are you trying to retaliate? Like, it hurts when we've been hurt. Like, like understand, like, I've had hurts in my life, and I've wanted to retaliate, and I do retaliate. But like when my theology and the love of Christ begins to catch up with me and understand that I've been changed, it causes a difference in me. It causes a difference in how I respond. It should cause a difference in how we respond. And so how are you handling the bucket? And so here, here's what I would ask for you to do this week. It's just like to kind of get honest with ourselves, to realize that we are carrying around a bucket, right? That we have been hurt. Like we don't have to pretend like we've got to pretty up everything and act like everything is okay. I would ask that you would say, okay, Lord, I have this bucket. I'm here. I've been hurt. And Lord, I need your help. And not only do I need your help, but I acknowledge that this bucket is heavy and it's hard and it goes down deep. And the only, and like there's, the thing that I want to do is I want to retaliate, but I'm praying, Lord, that you would take that away from me and I'm going to hand over the right to retaliate. So I'm going to pray that that would be our prayer this week. Would you pray with me? <clears throat> Father, thanks for the time that we have this morning. Father, thanks for um, being able just to gather us together here in the midst of uh, everything that's going on in our culture, everything that's going on in our community. Uh, Father, that we as your people get to gather as deeply loved brothers and sisters in Christ. We get to express our love to you in song. We get to express our love to you in listening to your word. We get to express our love to you and how we respond with one another. Even when we've been hurt, we get to express our love to you and how we respond to say, I'm just going to hand it over to you. And so, Lord, I know that we have people in our body that have been hurt. Every one of us have been hurt. And so, Lord, would you just do a work in us that just gives us the eyes to see you sitting on the throne. It says that you're big enough, you're capable enough, you're powerful enough. You're just enough, you're righteous enough, you're perfect enough to handle it in a way that we can never do. Like we can't exact perfect justice. We act out of anger and bitterness and hurt. And so, Lord, we're handing the bucket over to you and say, you do the work. You do it because we can't. We're going to trust you with it, I pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. Love you guys.